With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. I got to tell you, good topics. I think uh, the discussion about sheet cutting I find fascinating. You know, I mean, that's that's one we're all going to debate till the end. You're either going to be it. It's almost like American politics. You're either on the side of sheet cutting or you're not on the side of sheet cutting. But uh, between that, uh, the backlog in the hobby and how all this log jam is all hitting at one time. I mean, there's a lot happening. There's a lot happening. And I think, you know, for a collector or an investor at home, you don't really see how the sausage is made. And I think that's something where the way the sausage is being made, I think it makes it a very fascinating situation right now. I think so too. A lot of it, you know, a lot of the transparency that people want, uh, especially in the grading process. I wonder, I wonder if we're going to start to see more of it. Are we going to be able to get information? If you get a card back from grading from PSA, Beckett, whomever, and you know, there was a comment, I didn't bring it up in the last show. Colin Murray said that he submitted a, I think it was a Hank Aaron rookie. It came back at PSA one, shouldn't have been a one. There were no creases. And is he not, do you think that they should, like number one, are you entitled to know why it graded that low? And number two, do you think they should they that, that they're gonna start offering that or even for a, for an added uh, fee? Well, I haven't seen the card, but I think a card can be a one with no creases. I think it absolutely can. Like we saw, I saw a Gretzky one earlier today where the corner had been chewed off. Like it literally looked like a rat took a bite out of it. That that coupled with um, that coupled with surface damage. Like having been glued in an album or something, I think you can won that. But I'm with you. I mean, listen, the problem is these companies can't grade the cards fast enough. And even if I mean, I, I know how it is as a customer, and my customers expect, listen, they expect every card on every pack to be gem map. So like I understand the expectations of customers. Never mind the idea that you know they think that for forty or fifty dollars, the grading company really should sit and write a detailed report card like a book report. And I think, listen, if you're paying three thousand to grade an ultra high-end card, okay, fine. For, for a grand, two grand, three grand, I think they could fill out like a little square report card, like a little white slip Beckett does when there's a problem. Yeah. For two or three grand, I think they can do that. Yeah. For $50 grading service, good luck. You know, that's just not a reasonable expectation. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. On the on the show with Dave, you mentioned, you said, give me all the BGS 9.5 uh, sheet cut key cards sure. out there. What what made you say that? What what are you thinking about on that? I mean, here's the thing. And again, one comment I made there, and it, it not to sound insensitive, but to me, when the card is cut off the sheet, it's like a baby being born. It's like coming out of the birth canal, as graphic as that is. You know, it's fresh, it's new, it's real. Now it's its own baby. It's with a minute the sheet's cut, the card now has to survive in that state forever. But until then, I think of it as gestating it's gestating on the sheet and so i think to me i don't care if the factory cuts it or someone else does because honestly back in the 1980s a lot of those cards were cut not by the factories because they would sell um you know steve myland or someone massive and massive amounts of sheets they would cut stuff people were cutting this stuff all along it's not like it was just a 1985 or 1995 Phenomenon when graded starting to suddenly started cutting 85 top sheets. Yes, they did. But they've been cutting sheets way, 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 way before that. 
So you'd be shocked how many cards out there really shouldn't. You know, we only notice it now because we see cards that are razor sharp that shouldn't be. We wouldn't have even known otherwise. And these guys back that used to trim were very smart. I actually watched a guy trim an 85 uncut sheet. And back in the 90s, they would literally use a paper cutter. The guy would go to Home Office Depot and buy like 20 paper cutters. They must have thought he's a lunatic. But it was so crude what he did, but he was very smart. And this is why Beckett in the very beginning, I don't think they really did anything about it, but he was cutting every card too big. Because then when Beckett caught it, they couldn't say it was trimmed because it was too big. The card measured up too big. It also gives them some margin for error. But, I mean, they've been doing this forever. And so to me, until the card leaves the sheet, once it leaves the sheet, then I expect it not to be jacked with. But the process of coming off the sheet, what happens now if I have, let's say I have leaf uncut sheets from last year that I cut now? Because I didn't cut them in the beginning, is that sheet? I mean, come on, just, I'll buy those cards. Because I believe 50 years from now, we're all going to laugh about who gives a crap. Just finding beautiful cards is going to have a premium value. Because honestly, all the beautiful cards are gone. Anything that gets graded now is altered. We're talking like Opeachy Lemuse and Opeachy Gretzky's. There's no Opeachy Gretzky nines popping now. If they pop now, something's probably wrong. Probably. Well, there are still there are still people out there that you know. With I, I've even got a couple friends myself that you know they're not not a hobby, but they collected cards back in the '80s, and they've got a nice Lemieux or a nice Gretzky that's that's raw, and they're completely legit. But there's but, nice, and then there's like otherworldly. Like Opeachies that are clean. Like you're not seeing really clean bordered Opeachies coming out of the woodwork that don't have a rough edge of some sort, even a minor rough edge, that are razor sharp. You're not seeing that. Something's wrong with those cards if you think cutting off a sheet is wrong. You know, they're just not coming. So to me, sheet cut's the only way you're going to find elite copies. And guess what? I'll go buy a BGS 10 Dan Marino for 5000 6,000 and a PSA 10 is 7,000. I'll take the BGS 10 because I think down the road you're going to see the eye appeal of that razor freaking sharp card and you will put a premium value on that card. I believe maybe I'm wrong, but to me, I, I definitely buy those cards without fear. They're, they're priced too cheap. You know, I mean, the, the, what you just said there does make me kind of think what's going to, what are, what's going to, what's the market going to look at? down the road and how far is down the road where they where they will say oh the eye appeal of the sheet cut bgs 10 is nicer than the psa 10 so let's give it a premium i don't know uh, when will the hobby get there because to me pack pulled is, is important so you know you, and someone just made a comment here that you know uh for for you yeah he says here you're the manufacturer not joe schmo in his basement so you know if you if you a manufacturer cut a sheet cut post production year i do think that's different because you're the guy who's meant to cut the card but that that's a i don't think you really meant it that way i, th I think i think you're on on board with that um all right let's say some hellos bg and then let's uh let's decide what we're going to talk about will bennett long time no live chat good to see you pal good to see you daniel's back with us dennis Hope you stay up for a while. We got pastime. Says hi to both of us. Hello, pastime SG. We got SML. Good evening. Colin Murray's uh, Hank Aaron is on eBay. Check it out. No need to yell, Colin. No need to yell, but good to see you. <laughs> Behind the tank says Frisbee Corners or a pinhole will get you a one every time. I've never heard the term Frisbee Corners, which I didn't think there were many terms I hadn't heard uh, still out there, but I mean, that, that sounds good. Good afternoon, Charles. Jeremy Pringle, thank you. I'm glad you enjoyed that. I thought that was a great show with Dave. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Tyson Lee says, what's up? The card god is in the house. His word is gospel. Now he's talking about you, BG. Well, I think it's you. God. I think it's you. I know it's not me. It's you. It's you, buddy. Uh, behind the tank says, a gentleman named Mastro would have some great insight on cutting a certain card from a sheet. Didn't he just, isn't that Wagner just known to be trimmed, not sheet cut? Well, there was also, I think there was also a sheet cut. I, uh, I got to interrupt with a two-second story. I'll go really quick. Yeah, please. There was an uncut strip with a Wagner on it, and it looked like total crap. It was so mauled, and I got offered that strip. It was in the Halper auction, and I was going to buy it, and it was at 87000 and I was like, nah, I can't. I, I was like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. 
And I was sitting in the box with Josh, uh, Josh uh, Evans from Leland, who's deceased now. Sad to hear, you know, sad to see him not here with us anymore. But he said, don't buy it. It's a piece of trash. So I didn't buy it. Then I had a chance to buy it from Steve Bergman for 100 grand. And I was like, this time I'm buying it. And Bill Mastro said, you can't buy that piece of garbage. It's a piece of garbage. It will never be worth anything. No one would ever want a Wagner that looked like that. Sold for a million bucks. <laughs> well, that's, not, that's, that's Mastro for you. But listen, I mean, again, I'm going to be on the side of the card measures. That, to me, is the criteria. Now, if you use a caliper, which is how you can tell if it's been pressed and then cut, if the thickness isn't right, that's a measurement. I have a problem then. But if the card is the correct thickness and it's two and a half by three and a half on the money, I'm telling you, we cut cards off sheets that don't measure. I'm telling you, in a box of metal football, you'll have about a sixteenth of an inch variation from the smallest card to the biggest. And the expert trimmers are far better than that. And the sheet cutters are perfect. So, you know, I'm just saying if the card measures and the thickness is right, I'm going to stand behind all the way, whether it's Master or anyone else. I'm going to stand by the fact measures. It's correct. The card measures the right size. It's not short. It's the right size. So does that mean that you would, that, that a card can be trimmed and like, does that, if a card was produced oversized and we've seen that, but with, with, with um, some T206 is even some 1951 Parker's talkies can be a little bit bigger than some other ones. Are you saying that a card that is oversized and that is then cut down to size which is often going to be done to clean up the edges and corners. How do you feel about that? If there's no, the problem is most of the trimming that's caught by the grading companies is obvious trimming. The card doesn't measure. It was a crude, not a crude cut necessarily, but they see something that looks like trimming and it's short. A card in and of itself, you can't always tell it's trimmed. What you sometimes know is like, if you look at our cards, we cut them back to front, which makes the front edges much cleaner. And so if you see a card that's cut front to back on certain sets, you'll know that card's been trimmed. So oh. there's certain things you can look for that you'll know a card's trimmed. But the problem is if you can't tell it's trimmed and it measures, the grading companies aren't catching that either. Because I'm telling you, I bought a lot of cards that were probably trimmed or, or something. They measure the grading companies aren't going to catch it unless they're using a caliper to, to do the thickness, and I don't think they are. I've told them they should on big cards because I think people are pressing. I think I said this on the show like a year ago. People are pressing them to make them bigger and then cutting them down. So, I mean, again, I don't I don't advocate if a card is cut too big. I don't advocate taking a paper cutter and butchering the thing. That's the baby after birth. You don't mess with a baby. Right. You know, I don't agree right. with that. But if the card measures – I understand my grading companies put it in the holder. If it measures, what are they supposed to say? Usually you can't look at the card and tell it's been trimmed if it measures. I okay, man. I, I hear what you're saying. Makes makes sense to me. Um, okay. I want to I want to uh, couple I got a bunch of things I want to ask you about here. Um, I want to start with so I want to talk about Dave Slipka, who was just on with me on the last episode. Um, you're friends with him, you've known him for a while. Had lunch with him Friday. At lunch on Friday, you alluded yes. you alluded this morning on Hobby Hotline to having a lunch uh, yesterday with somebody with and talking to a couple people. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm I'm going to use this to segue into um, card shows, and I know the national may or may not. It looks like it's probably going to get the green light for July or for the end of July. Um, what do you What do you think about any future shows coming in in the Dallas area? Anything that you're aware of? I mean, I'll, I'll tell you, I've been a big advocate for. The hobby is ready for more big, big shows. I mean, I think the days of uh, – we're just at a point in the market where it's all out of control. The National, I'm not sure it's going to be what we expect it to be. It's going to be – it can be the greatest show in the history of the hobby. It's going to be up to the officials in, in Illinois to determine if that's going to be the case or not. We could have such limitations on getting in the door that that could limit some of the upside of that event. But I would, I would tell you that if someone came to me and said, Brian, we want you to be involved – and putting on the biggest show in the history of the hobby or another, not a national because a national is unique and no one, it, this isn't about competing with national, but someone came to me and said, I want to put on an event that complements the national and serves as the in-between 
between one summit or the next is the in-between, but it's an epic size and some big scale and some big vision. Why wouldn't I want to be involved? Because I want to I want to be here for the business. It's not about even making money because honestly, I make more money sitting here planning out a new set of process, something or other. It's about something that is like seeds we're planting to watch the beanstalk grow so we can climb to the top and you know, look down and, and all the great things we've done. You know, I think, I think we have a chance to help build this business even more if we plow the seeds and really invest. And I think car shows are a big piece of that. It's the social aspect we've all been missing. And I was so on the with you this morning and I miss people. I finally, I, I, I thought I used to think I didn't like anyone, but I actually like people. Even the guys I hate, I like seeing. <laughs> I would show kids and people I hate because it was like, hey, I haven't seen you in a year. Let's shake on it, you know? I forgot I, I hated I, you. I washed my hand afterward, but still, I was like, hey, I missed you, man. I'm willing to give you another chance. So are you are you planning anything? Are you planning a show? Are you working on something? Are you planning or are you there's, planning there's, to work on something? There's something some talk the about a big event that could be going down and, 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 I've, and I've offered to make myself available to help. And again, it's a national called me tomorrow and said, Brian, we need some help with the vision for how we're going to manage this. I would donate my time free to the national because we have to do this right. We've got, we're, we're clicking on so many cylinders. It's like when the car's rearing at four speed, you really want to throw oil on the track and watch perfectly good cars spin out. We don't need that. We need execution with near perfection. And if I can help do that, it's like doctors you know, without borders. You know, I'm happy to go help anywhere I can help just to help make the world, a, the card world a better place, you know? Yeah. No, I love it, man. Okay. So does Thomas Newman. I says, love this man, Mr. Gray. Bobby Tom. Burrell loves Brian's opinion regarding sheet cut cards. Uh, let's go back to Ryan O'Hara. Uh, it says, um, what's Brian buying these days? Any more junk wax, hockey? How many more Jagger, Opeachy Premier, PSA 10s? So, what, do you, what, what are you buying these days, Brian? Well, I will tell you, the Yager Premieres was one of the only hockey cards I really spec'd on because I always felt like it was so cheap in that set for being what I consider a classic set. That's one of the classic modern sets. Mm -hmm. So I always saw value there. Now, more recently, I have snacked up Federov's cheap from that set. I've snacked up like uh, 91, 92 Upper Deck Solanis. Like some of those cards that just feel so cheap, and I know there's a lot of them, and I know I'm buying one of a gazillion, like buying Solanis at $110 in PSA 10s just feels it feels okay. Buying Federovs at 120 or 110 or whatever that feels okay to me. Like it doesn't feel frothy at all. You know, it feels very inexpensive. And so I mean honestly, if I was gonna buy, I'm not buying anything heavily right now because my my honestly, my investment strategy right this minute is to wait until the PSA backlog narrows. And once they announce they've made substantial headway, then I'm all in. But this is good. There's going to be a little bit of a sell-off as more and more stuff starts hitting the market from all the grading companies. And I think I'm just waiting. It's like you have to have some discipline to just sit in the bushes and wait. But when your prey is ready to be pounced on, you take the full force and you grab that thing and shake it to death. And I'm ready to shake it to death. But I think I know old stuff I'm fine with. But like the newer stuff, like the Zions and the Jaws, like that stuff I'm steering clear until I see the light at the end of the tunnel. That'll be the that'll be the sign that the bottom is here. On older stuff, the iconic cards have had a big pullback. They're probably a good buy now. I wouldn't okay. be scared to buy Marinos, Elways, Montanas, and football. I wouldn't be scared to buy, you know, Waz. I mean, Gretzky's really have never really come down, but like Jordans have gotten their butt kicked. No problem buying Jordans here. Yeah. Buying BGS8s at 7,500, like that feels good to me. Buying PSA 10s at 10 to 11,000 PSA 8, sorry, PSA 8 at 10 to 11,000. That doesn't feel bad to me. I feel okay with that. And so I think, but I think it's fine. I think this is. Oh, where'd you go, BG? Is it me or is it him? Someone tell me. Is it me or is it him? Spot is it? We're losing you, Brian. Yeah, we blicked out for just a sec, but I'm here. Okay, good, good, good. Okay, hang tight one second. You're still moving? Yeah, you're still moving. Okay, I just want to very quickly, Eric Guess, uh, nice to see Mr. Gray again, no doubt. Jeremy S., hello. Chad Shipper, appreciate that. Brian Gray always ranks up at the top, no doubt about it. Chris, good to have you back. Uh, Card Canuck says, personally, I think she cut cards are just a piece of cut poster, but again, that's just my opinion, which you are entitled to. 
PSA slab guy. This is what I want to bring up because um, you you started getting into it, but he wants to know. Please comment on the recent market slowdown. Is it impacting how much you're buying more or less? So you were just talking about with Gretzky and Marino. Keep going on that, please. I don't think the market slowed down. I think the prices have corrected. I still see lots of volume. Go look on eBay. The velocity is still there. Tons of cards are selling. See, a market slowdown is when you have a impaired liquidity. Impaired liquidity. We don't have impaired liquidity. There's plenty of liquidity. It's just at a cheaper price today. But this is so much healthier, what we're going through right now. Like, we talked about this before. When something goes straight up, and I'm talking like straight, like six months where there's never one sell below the last almost. And on Iconic Cards, we were in that position. You find me a stock that's ever held up that doesn't shoot up 15, 20%, then pull back five, and then go up 10, 15%, then pull back seven. That's what these things do. That's healthy. It's like consolidation, selling off, buying up, accumulation. A healthy accumulation looks like that. The problem is when Gary Vee holds up a card and it goes from 100 to 800 overnight, there's no time for consolidation. There's no time to shake weak hands out. Like, that's why these things have to go up slow to be successful. Because you've got to have a lot of levels where people who don't believe can ditch their cards. But when it goes to 800 that fast from 100, no one had time to ditch on the way. So suddenly, you got a bunch of ditchers who were all chunking cards at you at the same time. So a much healthier, honestly, when I'm investing in something like my Acuna position, I'm perfectly fine that they got beat up and went all the way down to like 140 at one point. Because I added at 130, 140 at the very bottom. I already had a lot, but I added more. And I like seeing guys scared. A lot of guys wrote off that card when it went down to like 140. Now it's back to 220, So it's like, you know, it is what it is. I, I, I think a healthy sell is good for everything. And if you don't believe me, go sell your cards now and come back in six months licking your wounds. Because yeah. most of the stuff will be better. There will be some stuff that's worse because some stuff's not going to correct. Some stuff went up too much and it never should have gone up at all. But most of the stuff, this is just a healthy pullback. No fear at all. Yeah. yeah. No fear. Good morning to Yannick in Eastern Canada. Will, we're going we're gonna to talk about ProSip, but we're going to save it for a little bit here, but we will get to it, I promise. Good evening, David G. from New Jersey. Uh, Willie says, anything not factory cut should not be graded, in my opinion, just seems so counterfeit. No, I mean, that's a take, right? It's a take. Sure. Irving, good evening, Irving. Ola to you. Slipka's in the house. We got Dave back. Glad, glad you're still with us, Dave. Colin Murray says, Gary Moser wanted to buy all my 53 parkies to trim and over and oversize down. This was five years before the scandal. And we know what we know now. Irving wants more wrestling cards from you, BG. Freshly inked, I want to work for Leaf because ProSet is the king of trading cards. Uh, Rich Baganyan says, uh, interesting bits, BG. If the non-factory cut cards cannot be consistently recognized by card companies, is it fair to label some as such while others escape detection? I mean, we, we, we kind of, do you want to address this, Brian? Or No, I just, I just say, listen, when you buy a card, look at it. If you're, yeah. buying, if you're buying a 79 Gretzky with no rough edge, it's perfectly centered in a BGS 9 or BBG 9, you can assume it's probably has some element of whack a shack to it or hack a shack or whatever you want to call it. You know, it's been, it's Edward Scissorhands all up in that thing, probably. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ryan got a uh, laugh out of frothy just as I did, just as I did. Steve Menzies is paging uh, Dr. Gray to the Sport Card Expo, assuming no borders. If you guys will just, just take the vaccine, open this place up. I, I mean, it takes all I have to make it up to a country that doesn't have regular maple donuts when it's on your freaking flag. It takes all I have to make it up there. You guys got to make it easy for us. We can't even cross the border now. They detain us and tell us you're too healthy from having the vaccine. Don't you dare try to come in here. Yeah. You know, but we're ready to come up. I hope we get this show going again soon because, uh, and again, that's, it's community. Because honestly, the number of people that stop me there and say, you know, it's nice to have someone else in the market. That's my main reason for going there. It's actually people... People appreciate the fact that we're making an effort to give them something to collect that's that's worth collecting. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure, that's great. Uh, and card collector, love listening to Brian talk about the hobby. Daniel, amazing, thank you, man. I agree. What a, what a great night for for the Sports Cards Live YouTube channel. Steve Tingwall, there is no way that the market is slowing down. Our supply sales are still stronger than ever, so that's that's a good sign right there. 
Tyson Lee says, what about Kobe rookie? Something to think about buying. Where are you at on, on Kobe right now, BG? Well, I like Kobe rookies. Definitely better than I like. Um, better than I like Kobe autographs, believe it or not. Kobe autographs are highly desirable for obvious reasons. And I'm gonna I'm gonna take a pass. I'm gonna take a pass on uh, Kobe autographs here just because I feel like they're at fully valued now. And I would I like Kobe rookies. I still think they're fine. Again, you have to watch which cards because some of the cards like I wouldn't buy 96 tops because there's just too many of them for the price they are. It's unbelievable. But some of the more difficult rookies in high grade, I have no problem with those at all. Okay. I do hope you'll I do hope you'll put up the comment on here from 23 Airness. Let's go to it right now. I, I I'm I love, glad that's you that's my favorite. That's my favorite comment of the night. All right, here we go. Brian, he's can I read it? He says, Can Leaf please stop producing unlicensed Michael Jordan jersey cards? Leaf MJ cards are custom slash fake cards, which ruins the hobby. Seems like such a money grab. Get the license for MJ or stop. Go ahead, Brian. Here's my favorite part. First off, this guy who stole Michael Jordan's image to put on here just violated Michael Jordan's intellectual property. I actually don't. My cards follow the law. It's a piece of the jersey, and we describe it with his name. The person who used this as his picture actually just violated Michael Jordan's rights. So to me... We have an infringer of Michael Jordan's intellectual property right here on the screen, 23 Airness, who used this picture. So I would say stop using fake pictures. You don't have the right to use 23 Airness. You're violating the law right now by doing that. But being serious, collectors want a piece of the jersey. And we have to identify it. Is it a fake card when Upper Deck takes a cut of Mickey Mantle and puts it in a card and puts his name underneath? Is that a fake card? No, they're describing a cut signature. I wouldn't just take a plain card and just put the name Michael Jordan on it. It would have to have a purpose, like describing the item. So honestly, again, there's going to be people who say, I don't like this or I don't like that. The fact is, I don't counterfeit. Custom and fake cards are like counterfeit Yu-Gi-Oh cards. That would be an example of a custom or fake card would be a counterfeit Yu-Gi-Oh card. And if you want to go look up Konami versus Upper Deck, you can find out what a fake card is. But to me... Providing someone a piece of the jersey Jordan wore and describing it with a name. If you don't like it, it's okay. Don't buy it. But a lot of people do buy them. Take a look at eBay. So I would suggest changing your picture on here, 23 Airness, because that's a violation of Michael Jordan's intellectual property rights for sure. Because I don't think you have a license. Touche. Touche. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I think he's got you there, 23 Airness. Um, okay. Uh, let's see. Dustin Harris says, if LeBron doesn't make finals, what happens to his cards? Your thoughts? Oh, one last thing on 23 Airness. Yeah. I honestly am giving you a hard time. But what I, I mean, I'm glad you like our Pelly Lindbergh cards because we do want you to have something to collect. That makes me feel a little better there. But what I will tell you is you can expect a random act of kindness package in the mail really soon because all you have to do is put a post like that up and you'll get a package from Upper Deck. I think they call it random act of kindness. That's how you get one right there. But I'm glad you like Pelly Lindbergh. Look for lots more Pelly stuff. I got some cuts coming up soon. It's pretty cool. I think you must. Are you, where, where does 23 Airness talk about oh, that was Pelly? Someone else. Okay, no, I'm sorry. That was Card Canucks. No, 23 Airness is a, is, a, is a meanie. That's okay. You'll get a random act of kindness from Upper Deck for picking on me. It's totally cool. Actually, give Jeremy your address, and I'll send you something as a random act of kindness. I, I don't want to. I don't want to have to go to the post office. No, you know, I'm going to ship it. All you have to do is get me oh, his address. Yeah. It won't be random, though, just like Upper Next isn't random. I'm actually just going to give you an act of kindness despite your uh, despite your violation of Michael Jordan's intellectual property rights. But go ahead. <laughs> okay. Are you, ready? Are you ready to move on? Sure. If LeBron doesn't make the finals, what happens to his cards? LeBron's price is if he's the second best player to ever play the game of basketball. So I think most of the – I think everything's baked in the cake on that one. I don't see a lot of upside here. I mean, maybe there's some upside, but I don't see a lot. Michael Kohler says, likely no Canadians in the national with border restrictions. I will tell you, Mike, if I get my vaccinations, which I think I will before the national, I'm going to go to it. And if I have to come back and and, and uh, quarantine, I, I will do it. I'm already very upset. I can't go to the Dallas show in a couple of weeks. Um, I'm not going to miss the national. I'm going to, I'm going to pay the price and go to that show. Uh, most likely, we got to see how how it's uh, formatted and everything. But I would, definitely don't want to miss that show. 
Uh, Peep says, have you noticed a dip in vintage hockey prices? Just curious. I mean, a, a little bit here and there. You know, Lemieux PSA 9s have come down. I think so. I've seen Gretzky PSA 4s have come down a little bit. But, you know, the ones that, when we, again, when I say PSA 4 comes down, you got to look at the card, right? The nice PSA 4s are still going to do as well as they've ever done. So I haven't noticed a ton but a little bit, a little bit. And most of that would have been uh, seen on the PWCC uh, auction party that we had uh, back on at the end of April. And just by the way, we're going to be doing a, they're doing their new premier auction. And it's the first one is ending on May, the Thursday, May 20th. I'm going to do a special episode that night uh, watching those auctions end. And I'm going to have a special guest with me who I will uh, let you all know about that a little bit later, but a special guest will be on that with me and we're going to provide some commentary on those auctions as they're ending. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Looking forward to that. Uh, okay, behind the tank says, uh, Brian bought a 1998 Vince Carter rookie card in PSA 9 a couple months ago. My heart was a flutter when I saw the buyer's name. It was like meeting a celebrity. Wait, you didn't meet him. You just shipped him something though. I know, but you know what's funny? I actually sent, I had a buyer buy something from me on eBay today and I actually sent him an email. And I said, hey, I saw you bought this big card from me. I sold a big card on eBay under a friend. And I, I sent him a letter through eBay. And I said, hey, I just wanted to let you know I'm a huge fan of yours. He won an Oscar in the last couple of years. And he just bought a Griffey Top, uh, Tops Tiffany Auto from me. And so um, I emailed him. It, it was Rami Malik from Bohemian Rhapsody, okay. who played Freddie Mercury. And I said, dude, you're amazing. And I figured out it was him because of his name. And then the nickname, it was perfect. And I was like, dude, that's so cool. So, I mean, I'm no celebrity. That guy's a celebrity. I'm yeah. just a card schlub who 23 Airness or whatever his name is thinks is a hack. That's all I am. <laughs> that's still so, pretty I, cool. I, I'm not a fan of his either. I'm not going to collect anything of him unless it's officially licensed up or day. But you know what? what what's pretty cool, though, is that uh, this, this actor you sold the card to, I mean, there's another celebrity in the space. And it's just that's more yeah, evidence you know that I looked at what he's bought. The only other thing he's bought is Jordan rookies. Okay. So it's like these people are buying good stuff. Yeah. And there's more of them out there than we know. How about this here? Uh, did anyone mention McDavid uh, getting a hundred points yet from Dave Kaplan? So did he get there tonight? Is that what, what happened? Because if he did, I mean, I you knew it was going to happen. The guy scores three points a game in a short season. Pretty, pretty amazing. Uh, what a season he's having. I mean, he's truly the, He's truly the the best player to come around. 100%. Maybe since maybe since Wayne Gretzky. I mean, I and I'm a big fan of Crosby and Ovechkin and Mario Lemieux. But McDavid, you know, he's gonna I, I still think it'd be great for him to win a championship. I don't know if he'll do it in Edmonton, but boy oh boy, I think we're talking about is he the best player since since Wayne Gretzky? What do you think, Brian? I don't know. Listen, I mean, I, I don't get into who's the best and everyone's got their own opinions. Opinions are like noses everybody's got one you know <laughs> but um but no, i'll tell you what if you don't have a young gun mcdavid psa 10 or bgs 95 in your collection it's actually not too late to buy that still i think that's a card i think still has upside just like Ovi's. like ovechkin to me is probably the probably the best buy in the hobby i just can't get my arms around paying the prices but like i think crosby and ovechkin i mean mcdavid i think those three are phenomenal and mcdavid's still pretty cheap i mean not cheap like we remember, but nine fives. What are they? Fifteen hundred? Maybe fifteen hundred? I was distracted. I apologize. I, I I just saw the Pelly Lindbergh comment finally. Yeah, <laughs> but no, it's just not. So, it's just not. I mean, they're not. I don't think McDavid's as crazy priced as he really could be. Oh, I yeah. I mean, I hear you on that. He you know he's already he's been selling certain cards more than a Sidney Crosby, and Crosby's got cups and as Carvin puts it, goat moments. Uh, McDavid doesn't have a goat moment yet. You know, you need you need something big to happen for that. Whether it's winning, you know, a gold medal goal or a Stanley Cup winning goal or a, you know, most uh, the Conn Smythe Trophy sort of thing. But in any event, I think uh, I just think McDavid is is um, really proven to be the best player in the world. And whether he's the best since Gretzky or since Crosby, time will tell, I suppose. Um, okay, twenty three. Ernest uh, is uh, going to accept your your random act, uh, your your gift. Hello, cardboard Max. Sean Robb says, "Do you feel that the NHL's new seven year broadcasting deal with ESPN and TNT will help grow the hockey mar card markets in the U.S. South?" Uh, I mean, maybe. I mean, 
I think hockey, where it's at here, is about where it's going to be for a while. I mean, we're about to go into the most exciting football season in a long, long time. And, I mean, it's just – I just think football's become America's game, yeah. you know, with, with baseball a close second. You know, if hockey's just coming from so far behind, if viewership went up 50%, it would only make a fractional bump in cards here. The Canadian market is king. Yeah, and that's just – it's okay, though, because there's enough Americans buying it that, you know, that helps the market. I think it's fine. But I, don't, I wouldn't expect it to become like – when the last dance came on and suddenly everyone's buying bull stuff like crazy. I don't think a, a new deal is going to like make hockey stuff crazy around here. Time will tell. Uh, Card Canucks said to, he said to 23 Aaroness without guys like Brian, I couldn't PC my guy, Pelly Lindbergh. Brian can do whatever he wants. Card Canucks. Well, yeah. You get a random act of kindness and you get a random act of kindness. You get a random act of kindness. Well, hockey guy got a kick out of that too. Uh, Willie says, so I don't agree with this, Willie. I don't think that, um, that the older Fleer inserts are making a, uh, a comeback because metal hockey is coming back. I don't think that's what's pushing it. I think it's just that people are understanding that they're awesome cards. Um, but he wants to know about pro set, Brian. We haven't talked about pro set yet. Uh, what do you want? What do you want to say about pro set? Are you excited about the about I mean, what you're doing with it? I gotta be honest. I mean, that brand, what it's done already, we haven't even made a wax product. All we've done is sold cards on our website. But like I'm looking, Trevor Lawrence ends in 24 minutes, and we sold over 20,000 Trevor Lawrence's. I mean, I'm not supposed to say the program until it's over, but I know it's over 20,000. I don't know what the number is, but I mean, these are just like Tops Now equivalents. And people are buying them by these. We literally had a guy go on the website and check out 2,500 of them today. He bought 2,500 of them at $3.99 a piece through the website. So, like, to me, that's amazing that the brand carries that kind of – it just elicits memories because every one of us was either young in our careers then or in the middle of our careers. And so many of us were impacted by process. And I think it just has – there's something about it that evokes memories. And I think – this is just the fun part to get started. You know, we just announced our first pro set hockey in packs. It's an autograph driven product. And we're also buying back all the old pro set cards and doing number to five and number to one buybacks, which again, for player collectors, you know, if you collect some of these rare guys who only had five cards ever pro set might've been their only cards for some guys. So some of those referee cards, you have a chance to collect those referees number to five and one. That's kind of cool. You know? So, I mean, it's just something different, interesting. It's fun, but the brand does bring back memories. And I've had I've had literally thousands of people write, email, post on social media that it means a lot to them that we brought it back. Will it make any of the old stuff go up? I don't know, but you know what? You may see a few rare things get a new life because of it, and it does help. And and Fleur Metal, it's not like it's coming back because Fleur is making hockey, Fleur Metal hockey. But I think it's also adding. It is adding to some attention. It's like the PMGs in hockey. You know what I'm saying? Like people are looking at some cards in hockey that have just been overlooked for 20 years. Yeah. And so I think people might be giving another look, but who knows? I, I don't think it has to do with, with uh, the new product coming out though. Maybe, maybe 5% of the impact is based on the fact that upper deck is going to be putting out the skybox metal universe. But I think it's just that people are noticing what, what PMGs are doing. And there's a lot of people collecting them and showing them. And it's, it's just sort of snowballing. Um, I'm pr- pretty I'm certain. That, I will say as much as me and upper deck have our issues, I, I'm glad they're doing it because what's old feels new again. And it's like, this is like, I talk about all these shows. I want big shows everywhere. I want companies to keep bringing the past back because it's generating new excitement with all the memories of the old days. I love that. I'm so glad they're doing it. Where are you at on Austin Matthews Young Guns? Greg Novus is, is asking the question. They're currently selling nineteen hundred to two thousand dollars. I mean, he's he's got forty goals this season. He's definitely gonna. He's definitely the best goal scorer in the in the league right now today. Uh, can this be a five thousand dollar card when his career is over? Uh, what, what do you think about Austin Matthews? There's a zero percent chance that I would buy a Matthews PSA ten at two thousand before I bought a Young Gun McDavid at fifteen hundred. Or sixteen hundred. I'd much rather have Young and McDavid's and nine fives than Matthews PSA tens. Much rather have it. I'd much rather. That's just me. I just think I think Austin Matthews is good, very good player. I think McDavid has a chance of being the guy. Okay, like the guy. 
How about this? Uh, Brian, would you ever make cards for Australian sports rugby, cricket? No. There's companies that do that already. That wouldn't be for me. We're, we've gotten past this micro manufacturer element where we can make things 100 cases just because I think they're cool. It now has to be three or 400 for me to think they're cool. You know, that's kind of the new. And I just, there's not enough market here in the U.S. to really push that. Okay. Lapper, I uh, just want to welcome you to the show. Better late than never, that's for sure. Dustin Harris confirms uh, four points for McDavid. The guy's a machine. 100 points. I mean, 100 points is big. And we've had seasons in recent years, uh, full 82-game seasons where no one hits 100 points. And he's got 100 points before. I don't even know how many how many games he's played. I'm not even sure how many games they're playing this season, if it's 62 or something like that. But uh, he's already there. That's pretty crazy. Steve Menzi uh, says, you can actually travel to the U.S. now. I just got back, but you got to serve your two weeks. I'm more concerned that if that the big companies won't be at the national if it happens in the summer versus October. So you got to serve your two weeks. That's what I'm going to have to do to go to the national. Hopefully it happens and I can go. Uh, okay. D. Cabral just loves you, BG. Always a, always a good Thank uh, Mike Zier says, not being mean, Brian, because I want you to win, but how are the current court cases with Upper Deck going, especially the MJ1? Something you, you can speak to, Brian? I mean, all I would say is, listen, these things tend to work themselves out. I think we go to trial in December. I mean, we're so – I mean, it's it – really, this is the easiest. I think my lawyer, who is a very famous uh, – very famous um, – anti-competitive behavior, you know, um, all that kind of stuff. Lawyer, he basically, I mean, he told me this is the most classic case of unfair competition in the history of the world. Like he says, this is why, this is why universities write textbooks is so they'll have a place to put cases like this. It is that classic a case of unfair competition. So, so we're not really worried about that stuff. The intellectual property stuff. I mean, we know we're allowed to put names on stuff to identify things. Upper Deck does it themselves. They put cuts in cards. They don't have the rights to the person, but they put their name underneath it to identify it. They don't have the right to their name. This has been going on for 100 years. And when I used to be a consultant for Upper Deck, we did it when I was there. So to me, this is a pretty simple one. But, you know, here's the thing. In the history of the hobby, very few cases go to trial. They don't. Generally, they settle. And the fact is, listen, I have no hard feelings against Upper Deck. You know, we have a disagreement on an issue. It's okay, though. A lot of my friends, I have a lot of friends that work there and I was friends with Richard before he died. You know, so I, my heart's there. I, I was, I worked as a consultant for Upper Deck for years when I used to own Edgeman. So, I mean, I can tell you that, you know, listen, we'll work through this. I wish them the best. I hope they do everything they can to help grow this market like the rest of us are. And I think they're trying. I do. And I think, uh, listen, there's plenty of money for everybody. And, you know, I think the key is I just want them to do well with hockey and keep building that market. The same way we're pouring our assets into football and multi-sport and all those things to help grow those markets too. Yeah. But it, it'll work out. I'm not worried about it. It'll it'll probably resolve in some manner, but if it doesn't, we'll go to court and win. It's fine. Bulldog wants to know, do you expect football prices to boom come August, September? They already are. And there's hardly anything out yet. I mean, this is the greatest rookie crop of our career in the hobby. This is it. This is the ultimate moment in the history of football cards. I mean, so get ready. This is the best it can ever look. So I would expect sick prices that make you want to vomit. They're going to remind you of the Zion job basketball prices that year. It's going to be nasty. But, you know, listen, would you, wouldn't you rather have a market where stuff is truly hot and nasty than no one wants to buy cards for anything and they're worthless? I mean, come on. Yeah. Fair. Rodman says that Rami Malik was amazing on the series Mr. Robot and then – yeah, and then uh, Tim wants to know, can we expect his autos in Pop Century? I actually asked him that in the email. I said, hey, why don't you check out my Pop Century product with Harrison Ford, Al Pacino. Chuck we just Norris. Slice, we just saw a slice, a slice to loan. Robert De Niro we just signed. It's like, we have some pretty good people in there. You'd make you'd be in great company, Mr. Malik, you know. So I did put that in the email. Hey, check it out. If you want to be part of it, we'd love to have you, you know. But, again, we'll see if he even answers. Who knows? Um, PSA slab guy, uh, Kirill Kaprizov, could he be a generational talent? I'm just going to go with a hard no on that. Um, 
Okay, let's see. Oh, and uh, D, D told me to wash my mouth. That was back when I said that uh, could McDavid be the best player since Wayne Gretzky. So pre- appreciate that. Put me in my place. D, Ovechkin, okay. Ovechkin, is, Ovechkin is probably the best player since Wayne Gretzky. Ovechkin's phenomenal. If he wasn't Russian, you wouldn't be able to buy a card of his. It would be nosebleed, everything. Yeah. If he was Canadian... First, I would be the first kid made Canadian named Ovechkin, <laughs> but but he would be he would be nosebleed prices if he were well, Canadian. You know, I think it's I think it's Galchenyuk is uh, he's Canadian, I believe, or American, one of the two. But he's not Russian, which I always thought he would be. Yeah, he sounds like he's Russian. You know. Yeah, yeah, he's from North America somewhere. Uh, Andrew Bell, welcome to the show. Andrew won the free uh, the card ladder giveaway for the pro uh, one year membership. So congrats to you, Andrew. He says McDavid Young Guns. PSA 10s, over 5,000 Canadian. Yeah, McDavid, no cups. Uh, Colin says you can buy a McDavid PSA 10 for $3,900 right now. Peep says, can you two maybe make some calls and bring back Flair Ultra? That's not going to be Brian. (laughs) No, no, it could be. Next time I go to the courthouse, I'll just say, hey, you need make some Flair Ultra over there, will (laughs) you? Uh, Terry Fortune will take that random act of kindness that uh, 23 Airmen honestly, honestly, I want to send it to I, I seriously want to send one to 23 Airness. I seriously, and they're not being funny, it's not going to be like a gag gift, like you open a can and a snake pops out or it smells like someone farted. It won't be anything like that, it'll be a legitimate gift. Because here's the thing at the end of the day, I actually don't mind a dissenting opinion. I don't mind a dissenting opinion, it's okay. I have. I will take the opposite view on it. And I won't be scared to tell you. I, honestly, wow. if, we, if no one had a dissenting opinion, how much fun would this be? If everyone agreed That's on everything. True. Well, so Michael says, should I slam leaf to get my random act of kindness too? I mean, you gotta be. You gotta be. And you know, I'm just gonna leave it. I'm just. Gonna, Bobby says, Brian. Will you, Brian. Bobby Burrell says, Brian, will you kickstart Pro Set to be a high end product or go retro for the more shallow pocketed? The first. The first product is a signature product. And it's expensive. I mean, it's expensive. It's two autographs and two buyback cards, and it's going to be in the uh, mid to high one hundreds. So, like, I mean, it's not cheap, but we will find ways to have more affordable pro set options. And again, if you watch our website, we do have the single card offerings that are part of our continuity set, and you might see a few surprises there. Even in the hockey space, the next big surprise is a golf surprise, but we'll have some. We'll have some other surprises that are pretty cool coming down the pike. Well, will there be a BG hologram instead of of Santa or instead of the uh, Stanley Cup hollow? It's not a hologram, but I've had people ask if I could find my way into the Santa idea somehow. So we're we're talking about maybe doing a six-card Santa set with like six different variations. And you might find me in a Santa suit on one of them. I don't know. <laughs> I want that card if it happens. That'll be great. That'll be great. Okay, what else we got here? Just going to take my time here for a minute, everybody. We're getting we're, we're we're closing in on the end of the of the episode. We are going to be on Clubhouse, Brian. It might be past your bedtime to come on Clubhouse after. What do you think? What is that now? Clubhouse. Oh, Clubhouse? oh no, I'm I'm asleep at midnight. Tomorrow's Mother's Day. I've got to be my jovial self to celebrate my great wife. She Here's is a great lady. I did see someone asking in the comments, "Does Brian like Steph Curry?" I, I like do. him well enough. We just did a signing with him this week to re-up him to a multi-year deal for cards. So we'll have autographs of Steph and products for the next couple of years. So that's good. a good We just did him this week while he was in New Orleans. D makes a comment here. He says, Crosby just passed Ovechkin in points with two less seasons played, which I heard I heard that too. That is pretty impressive, actually. But, but, um, but Ovechkin's just, uh, you know, he's got more charisma, I'd say, than Sidney Crosby does. He's, he's just a uh, more fun... More fun to watch when he celebrates, which is not all the time, of course. But I, I don't. Know. I, I think Ovechkin's a great, a great, uh, a great. He brings a te- he brings that good attention, the excitement to the hobby. Crosby's a great player, but he's just not exactly Mister. Uh, you know, he's not the best, the best poster boy for the NHL. I think Ovechkin's much better for as a poster boy for the NHL. All right. Uh, Tom Newman wants to know the best way to get in touch with you, Brian. And uh, for Tom, I'm just going to put Brian's uh, contact right there. You can get him at Leaf CEO on Instagram or Twitter. You can reach him there. Is that okay, Brian? Yeah, that's great. That's the best spot. I, I check it every few minutes, even when I'm asleep. 
Here's a question from uh, Alberto Blandin. He says, is Wayne Gretzky 1979 Topps or Opeachy graded a good buy right now? What are your thoughts? Yeah, I'd be steering clear of that. I mean, if I was going to buy it, I'd be buying it in really low grade because I think that's where I see upside. Is the, I don't think the lower grade stuff is really appreciated as much. This high grade stuff is just too frothy, if you like that word. It's just too expensive. I think there's so many better buys. I'm not even thinking about buying Gretzky's at this level. I mean, I'll buy them for my products for a buyback here or there, but like, he's—I I honestly think he's just overpriced at this stage. You—you you were thinking about. I remember you. We were chatting on the phone a couple months ago, uh, and you were asking me what I thought about it. So you—you've decided against it then. I, I just—I'm the more I'm thinking about it, I think I have better iconic cards to put money into. Better iconic cards than Wayne Gretzky? Yeah, because the prices—it's all—it's all value driven. You know, it's all price. That's everything. So, like, I'm looking at just value. It's okay. Listen, if Gretzky was more stomachable, that's fine. But in a world where Jordan BGS-8s are 8,000, what are Gretzky BGS-8s? OPG. Well. 15,000? Yeah, 15, 20 or so in I'll there. I'll take I, – and, and knowing the fact that they're probably sheet cut, the ones that are in 8s, I'll take, I'll take the Jordans every day of the week. I just think Jordan and Jordan worldwide is a force in marketing for card collectors. I think card collectors just and Air Twenty Three loves them, so that's that's all the more reason I'd rather buy Jordan. <laughs> you realize in my sleep I'm going to be mumbling Air Twenty Three. I'm a big fan, big fan. I might even I might even take Air Twenty Three and make that my new screen name on Twitter. <laughs> I like it. Twenty Three Airness. Twenty Three Airness. And I'm going to add R A K, please. Random act of kindness. <laughs> Good plan, right? I'm a fan of this. That's cool. Good plan. Good plan. So, what you you were at the last Dallas show? What what were you, what was your uh, you know in terms of having a pulse on the hobby? Where are you at? Just high level overall, no specific cards. How are you feeling about where the hobby is at right now? No fear, really, of the long term. I think we're we're in a good spot. We're we're in a tail of two markets now, though. The Explain. investment card side of things. Things have softened some, so it's it's not a bad time to think about re-entering some stuff that maybe you sold at the high point. <clears throat> wax boxes are a different bird. Wax is stronger than ever. We sell out of every product. We sold out of Pro Set in five hours the other day. We're selling out of everything very fast. Um, I know every other company, and that's why these boxes are trading at double, triple cost. I mean, so the wax market has not even had a backup. They have not even backed up for one second. The single card market's what has backed up a little bit. But I mean, at this stage, I have no fear for the health of the market. I think if anything, if anything, I think some of these card assets have pulled back too much. And you can start to nibble here. I just, if I had $50,000 to invest in cards, I wouldn't buy 50,000 worth today. I'd put some money into play here, but just know, keep a little powder dry because things could soften up a little bit more. Remember tax day in the U.S. pushed back to you know, I think it's, what is it, June 15th now? I think it, isn't it June 15th? I'm not sure. Maybe it's, uh, June 15th. I think it's June 15th now or something like this. So, I mean, again, around tax time, you see a little selling sometimes, you know. Yeah. Capital gains at the end of the year for people who actually declare these things on their taxes. You might see some card selling at the end of the year. With the U.S. capital gains tax rate going to 40%, maybe from 20-something percent. People who actually declare their income like us, you know, we may look to sell a few things, just take some gains, book the gains, and then, you know, reset, you know, reset at some point. Absolute wants to know, he says, your Acuna update tip is paying off. Any hot tips now? I mean, honestly, at this stage, I've been a little more low key, just kind of waiting it out because I'm just, it's so hard because the things I want to buy, I think they might get cheaper. And a lot of it's just basketball stuff. Basketball is really where the most pain has been felt. The basketball market has been painful. Like on some of these 1920 guys, Trey Young's have been painful. But some of the guys I want to buy, it's just I keep thinking I want to buy them, and then I turn around and they just went down another 10% on eBay. And I'm like, do I want to be the guy that props them up by buying every copy that goes up, or do I want to let it settle and let some other guys start buying in before I start plowing in? So to me, I'm kind of sitting tight, to be honest with you. And it's not that I'm scared of the market. It's just – by conviction, I'm just not sure where I want to be right this minute. I'm, I'm really indecisive. 
You know, I'm not selling. I'm not selling my Acunas because I love that card. I still love it. But I can see myself buying a bunch of different. I can see myself buying some Mookie bets here while he's been soft. I can see myself buying some of that. I can see myself buying some Jordan rookies here. I think they're pretty reasonably priced. I mean, compared to where they were for sure. Yeah, I can see myself. I can see myself buying some stuff like that. I mean, I'm not going to go chase. I mean, I could buy Lucas if they drop below a thousand, which they're close on Prism PSA tens. I could see myself buying fifty or hundred of those. Just saying, you know what? It's too. I have like twenty or thirty, but like buying another fifty, I'm saying that's enough. Yeah. You know, I'll take a position on him. He's one of the best players in the league. Angie Angie Volakic. Volakakis, just I was just about to ask this exact same player, and then she puts it up there. What about Vladdy Jr.? Love the trimmer version of Vlad. For a few minutes, like last season, and honestly, I, I thought I was looking in the mirror when I looked out on the field on playing. I mean, he was about as fit as I am on the field last year. But I like the way he looks. He's a great player. His prices really are cheap compared to the comp players. Like when you, it, you think of these players, plays, like Soto Acuna, all these, he's not Soto or Acuna. That's the problem. But when you see every player like that is 5000 bucks now, Vlad's probably cheap. Probably. City's is, not, is it, you know, that's not a great city. But it, Well, that was my question. Is it cheap because he problem. plays for the Blue Jays? It's not a great city. What do you mean it's not I, a great I think city? It's, cheap. I, it's not a great city for card investing. I mean, the Blue Jays are a bad spot. But honestly, I think people remember him being fat. And I'm not being mean, but I mean – Honestly, guys that are really out of shape and trimmed down, sometimes they end up out of shape again. Yeah. So I think there's probably some concern that maybe, you know, I don't know. I mean, I think I, I think there's much worse buys, much worse buys than him. Okay. Okay. Alan right wants now, to- right now more than trying to find good buys, I'm trying to dodge bad buys. Yeah. I'm trying to dodge cards where I look and I say, "How the hell is that card that much?" And I'm trying not to fall into the trap of, of fear of missing out. You know. Yeah. No, I hear you. Alan wants to thank you for buying some of his cards on eBay from time to time. No problem. And uh, Tim wants your thoughts on Shohei Otani. I've been buying. That's one of the few cards I have been buying. I, I just just because they're so cheap, tops update. I bought a bunch of those in the 70, 80. I think they've gone up now, but they were 70 or 80 bucks, and I was snagging them up like crazy. Now I think they're over 100, so I'll probably cool my jets a little bit. But I like the tops update red jersey pitching card at 70, 80 when it was there. I liked it. I think you just got to be patient, but Otani is doing something remarkable. Yeah, I mean, Otani is – he's doing something remarkable. And I think you can't – I mean, to be able to buy a rookie card to that guy at 100 bucks in PSA 10s does not make sense to me. Hmm. Not in a world where anybody who does – Shane Bieber is 160 or DeGrom is 750. You know, in that world, I think I like Otani's at 100 bucks. I think I like him. Okay, well, and there you go. What what about and there you go, Daniel Busby, who throws in? Is it too late for Tatis? No way, no way, no way. Actually, I think the reason he's so, I think he's still reasonable, actually, because people think the pop is so high on these cards. But someone Trout, the thing is, like Trout proved that the pop doesn't matter. Tops update Trout's are a dime a dozen. They're easy. The problem is they're fantastic, and so like. <laughs> It's okay if there's Luca Prisms. That's my argument for Luca Prism. It's okay that there's 10,000 on the pop report. My Acuna, there's 18,000, and I have 1,000 of them. But that's okay because there's way more than 18,000 people who wouldn't mind having one or 100 or 1,000. You know, and so it's just you got to get past these pop numbers. I understand pop one, pop three, pop five, big deal. That's great. I get that. Pop 18,000, is it really that much different than pop 4,000? For real? If no one wants to pop 4,000, then that's way too many. Pop 18,000 is just a perspective. It's just, it means it's not incredibly rare, but there's way more collectors than that that would like to own one. A couple people are uh, are lobbying for Toronto as, as being nothing wrong with Toronto. Tracy Shamer. Oh, who... oh, oh, there's a couple things wrong with Toronto. Tim I know, Morgan, you don't, I know, I know. Maple donuts, but also the weather. The food, there, the food there really is poor. And I'm not being like the weather either. The food's not good. Tracy Shamer, who flirts with all my guests, one says Toronto's great. So she goes on. If it's truly a Tracy Shamer, oh. says she loves the hair, Brian. As I think well. I'm being catfished right now. That's what I think is happening. I think that's really 23 airness. It might be. It might be. Will, 
Will Bennett, if you're still there, thanks for joining and good night to you both. Great to have you as always. Tyson says, don't think anyone is making basketball cards here in Australia. We have a league. You could take that over. There you go. Alberto says, pop is ridiculous on these new guys. And Colin says, uh, there are more card shows around Toronto than anywhere. Just not right now. Nothing wrong with Toronto. That's not bad. I give it a hard time. I think it's just because I ate at that, what is that restaurant? We used to have the, the evenings, the uh, the Texas place. What was it called? Jack Astor. It was a Jack Astor's? No, oh, no, no. What, the one what, before what, that. Yeah, I used to I used to get sick from that every night. Texas, Texas. Uh, uh, we used to always go there as a group. I know. I but know. you know what? Every time I left there, I was sick. I go Me back too. to my room. Me too. And end up, and I would pay for it for an hour straight. Not <laughs> the keg, Colin. Colin, not the keg across the street from the keg. It's a Texas themed, and I'm like, yeah. I'm from Texas. Our food doesn't suck. I know this isn't Texas. I know, man. I that's Don't why stop. I moved. Lone Star. It wasn't Outback, Andrew. It wasn't Outback. It's a different one. It's and Lone it's Star. Lone Star. That's right. Lone Star. And it's Lone Star. And we moved the dinner from Lone Star over to Jack Astor's because Lone Star, yeah, past, it's awful. It, it was horrible. I was getting sick there every time we'd eat there, it too. It wasn't that bad when you ate it. It's just no. when you got rid of it. No, <laughs> That's the problem. Exactly. It was terrible. It, it came out a couple hours later. So, so far, we've talked about birthing cards from uncut sheets. And getting rid of Lone Star. Where else can you get the in and the out on the same episode? It's pretty good. Exactly. Only on only on After Hours with Brian Gray on a Saturday night on YouTube, on the YouTube channel of Sports Cards Live. Okay, BG, listen, I know I know you stayed up late. It, especially. it was fun. Yeah, man. Always good to have you. Thank you so much. Uh, we're, Colin says, get off your wallets and go to the keg. Well, the keg was the keg was the keg is Friday night. Thursday night was uh, was Lone Star. Tracy Shamer loves Lone Star. I swear, Tracy is a catfish trying to lure us back into that place. I'm telling Tracy's you, got Dare a very, 23 wanted me to get food poisoning. She's got a very strong stomach for sure, for sure. Poor Dean always had a hard. I know that's why we don't go to Lone Star anymore, for sure. All right, man. Listen, anything else? Anything else you want to talk about before we we end the episode? No, I just tell people, listen, you know, it's uh, prices are going to go up and down. Don't invest with money you can't afford to speculate a little bit with. But just have patience right now. Just buy what you like. Honestly, with things getting as expensive as they are, you got to pick and choose a little bit. Yeah. And I think I don't blame people when they say, hey, I've got to watch my hobby budget. You probably have to do so more than ever now when boxes are as expensive as they are. But I think uh, you guys are smart. I mean, if you're listening to Jeremy, you know what's going on. And you probably have a pretty good sense of uh, – separating the, the the foolishness from the good stuff. So I just, hey, I appreciate you guys and the support. Everyone's very nice. You know, you got to love that. Well, man, I appreciate having you on. I see there's a comment uh, where to go. It says, uh, always great when Brian comes on. Here we I think it's uh, right here, Daniel Busby. Jeremy, when Brian comes on the show, it's always amazing content. And he needs to come on more often. I mean, this is your fifth time on with me, I think, now, Brian, in, in the yeah. year. Yeah, well, 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 he'll be back. Don't worry, guys. He will be back. Oh, pre- gonna, Jeremy, what we need to do, and then we're going to have to go, I know, in a minute. What I'd like you to do is I'd like you to put on – I'd like you to start a show with me called BG vs. the World. Okay. And I come on and debate people who I think are full of foolishness. Okay. Look, I'm being serious because, like, honestly, when when uh, Vegas Day is an idiot and comes out and says cards are going to be worthless in three years, like, I need a place to debate the fool. You know, we need, like, Tyson Spinks. Like, I need to just pound that guy. And I would love to have a moderator like you to help me pound the guy. You know, but I think, honestly, we could have some real fun with something like that where it's just like, let's debate real topics in the hobby, whether it be sheet cutting or whether it be whatever. I think it's kind of interesting. So, anyway, let me know when you're ready to start that. I'll be on weekly if you're ready. Weekly? Wow, that's going to keep me busy. Well, listen, we, we can definitely – we'll definitely work it out, Brian. We'll be in touch. Uh, I, I love the sure. idea. Okay, uh, Tra- Tracy Shamer, wa- oh, where to go? Tracy Shamer wants to debate. Daniel likes the idea for sure. Hockey guy, it's fun when Brian is on, even if I don't agree with him on some issues, but his enthusiasm is great. How do you not agree with me? I'm right. <laughs> Just kidding. I'm wrong sometimes. I remember when I was like eight, I was wrong on a test one time. I knew I was wrong on something. You pi- you pissed off brother bra pie goat. Uh, I don't know why. But, no, he uh, said because I said Toronto sucks. Toronto doesn't suck. I actually think it is one of the more interesting international cities. 
And I mean, honestly, I, I had found good food there. It was downtown, one of the really high end steakhouses. We pay like 500 bucks for some steak flown in from Japan. Yeah. Like that place is, well, I think all the Toronto players go there. It's really quite good. But I mean, the city's not, the city's really not bad. I just go there at crappy times for the show and it's cold and rainy and miserable and no regular maple donuts at Tim Hortons. The weather's always bad during the expo for sure, Brian. But if anybody, you know, if anyone, Says that they just don't really know you. I know, I know that you don't think it's 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 a bad. I actually story. wish I could come back. I do. Yeah, I know, I know, man. It's all good. Okay, guys, we're gonna go on to Brian Knopp, but uh, I know Dave Slipka from the early show will be heading on to Clubhouse. I'm gonna open up a room there in a few minutes, and uh, if anyone wants to join, please do. We're just gonna talk a bit about what we talked, talk a bit more about what we talked about tonight already. And if you have any topics, questions, bring them. Otherwise, Brian, great to have you on as always. We will have you back again soon. And um, that's it. That's it for tonight. Uh, have a great week that's ahead, everybody, great. unless we talk to you on Clubhouse uh, shortly. Brian, say goodbye. Be good, guys. Have a great night. Thanks, everybody. Catch you next week or later on tonight.